All right, welcome to Cancelled. Uh, this is going to be episodes five and six of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. With me for the duration, Kath Barbadoro. Hello. What's up? Oh, uh, <laughs> I would pretend that we aren't just recording two of these episodes back to back, but we already fucking let the cat out of the bag <laughs> in the previous episode. So it feels like a little disingenuous to just be like, oh, hey. <laughs> What's new with you? <laughs> Anything happened on the way to the... Yeah, yeah it's not. Uh, we can just jump right into it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, one... I feel like we're going to have a lot to say about these two. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, particularly... Say... Well, let's start with five. Uh, actually, we'll start with one thing that we both neglected to mention in the previous episode, which was uh, made me laugh. The end of the focus group episode... Season... Episode three. Episode three. There's a scene where Bradley Whitford and Matthew Perry are rolling around in the sand. <laughs> To what end? I'm trying to... Like, it's like... It's... So, he... Uh, Matthew Perry figures out that Bradley Whitford is the one who put... The patriotic the, question. Is it patriotic or unpatriotic into the focus group? Yeah. And that pisses him off for some And he, he tackles him. Also, didn't they get a fist fight in the pilot, too? Yeah. They, they get in a lot of... Still, yeah. They yeah they're well they're like, just they're trying to express physical love in a way that they're comfortable. They with. really are yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very homoerotically charged. They're clearly the only two people that understand each other and need to fuck, which is funny because it's also again based on Aaron Sorkin and his producing partner Tommy, Tommy Schlamy, Schlamy. Yeah. <laughs> which is the best name. Also, it's fuck. Thomas Schlamy. But um, come on, you're Tommy Schlamy, right? <laughs> At that point, there's no way you're not just Tommy Schlamy. Yeah, sorry about it. That's your name now. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I did want to say, and this comes up in all the episodes i'm pretty sure but every time anything like that happens where like matthew perry finds out something or like he gets an idea it's always this like light bulb moment yeah Wait, hold on everyone which happens and then all the to, like time. storm off like yeah, 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 yeah. Like, excuse me for a second i just had an epiphany like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. which happens all the time and is such a conceit in television and i've yeah, never yeah. seen that happen to anyone it doesn't happen that's yeah, not yeah, a yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so he has this epiphany, and then he goes over and wrestles with uh, Bradley Whitford on the beach, and it's yeah, very yeah. It's romantic. Very, very romantic, <laughs> to the point where even the two characters, one of them's like, hey, you're going to have to punch me. People are watching. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so that, we just wanted to mention just that. wanted to get that out of the way. That was very silly. <laughs> uh, episode five. <laughs> is a, It's really about Christine Lottie kind of getting into like the history here of... Because there's not really a lot of like show business happening. Yeah. It's mostly just like relationshipy shit, which um, is the stuff that we don't the stuff we, we don't, don't particularly, particularly enjoy. <laughs> uh, oh, but the bit, the little bits of television that are happening, everything is done through Christine Lottie's character. Yeah, and it's almost like they couldn't like the. It's just the laziest way of getting backstory on these characters. Right, is to it have was, an invest like a journalist yeah, 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 come yeah. in and it's like journalist investigate it's them. Like, it's like it's like he said like at one point like it's like Aaron Sorkin was there like oh man I really wish we could just ask these characters these questions. Wait a minute, yeah. and, and like and, and introduce a character that can ask these fucking questions. Right. Uh, so she it opens her fucking talking about that goddamn clock. She like yep. they just keep referencing that fucking countdown clock, which is annoying. And it's like Sorkin can't help. To sh- but shit on comedy, even when he's trying to be good, like complimentary about comedy. At one point, Matthew Perry asked her, "Like, what are you doing here? Like, you've covered wars, you cover elections. Why yeah. are you covering this show?" And she's like, "Well, I think what's happening here is important. I think what you do <laughs> is important." And then Nate Cordry shows up in a lobster costume, and like that's yeah. a big laugh. Like, "Oh, we juxtapose importance to this goofy thing." But like, hey, maybe just not. Like, he could have just walked in. And ha- he didn't ask a question. He didn't say, like, hey, is the lobster costume okay? Yeah. He was just like, hey, I'm going to be around or whatever. He just had some <laughs> shitty line. It just annoyed me that, like, it's so Sorkin-esque of, like, I'm just going to really take this down a peg even though I'm, like, trying to be. I don't know. It, it pissed me off. Yeah. It's just, like, a really – it's really telegraphed. I feel like yeah, there was a lot so of stuff. Yeah, it's so obvious. I feel like there was a lot of stuff in these two episodes that was very, very telegraphed. And, like, the the, the – like – so he, the specific thing that she's trying to get at, the central thing that she's trying to get at, is the relationship between Matthew um, Perry and Matthew and Matt, Matt Albee Matt and Albie. Harriet whatever. whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Harriet Tubman. I, I <laughs> it's the only Harriet who I know. Is named Harriet. I know Harriet Tubman <laughs> and Harriet the Spy. Those yeah, are the only two Harriets I know. Um, and. So and they're both like they don't want to talk about it, but she's such a good journalist. She's gonna, she's gonna, gonna get it out of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matthew Matthew Perry makes a bet. He's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars yeah. if you get me to answer questions about myself or whatever. Um, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, the other storyline is happening is that Amanda Peet is trying to get this TV show about the UN called Nation. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking dumb uh yeah it's called nations and it's clearly like a west wing show like very obviously that uh she wants so it's like this young writer who's written the show and she's trying to woo him to the network and uh she thinks that bradley whitford's character would be able to help like get him and he's like i'm not going to because he should go to hbo with this because it's a good he's like because it's good like which I also thought was very funny, given Sorkin's actual career trajectory, where yeah, he he's to... basically saying in this, like, he has Amanda Peet's character be like, "We well, the only reason things go to HBO because they're good is because we haven't made regular net like network mm. broadcast good and right. we can do that and like she goes so far as to say we have a responsibility to do that yeah and then this show gets canceled and sorkin goes to hbo yeah. like, <laughs> exactly just, it's fu- it's really funny how he's like taking this stance and it's not a stance that even he yes. lives up to <laughs> who he clearly thinks he's like the only person with integrity in hollywood yeah and yeah so it's just i just love that it's called nations it's called nations <laughs> it's, it's so dumb yeah, because it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so she wants to get this show Nations. Meanwhile, Stephen Weber's character, Jack, uh, the, the chairman of whatever, MBS, yeah. uh, wants her to get this other show called Search and Destroy. Which is, is that it's called? It's called Search and I Destroy. I just mentally referring to it as Milf Island. <laughs> yeah, because that's it's exactly what like, it is. What uh, it's supposed to be yeah, is yeah. just a dumb, the, terrible reality yeah. show that like hurts people's lives. Yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> premise of the show is literally like no one's life can stand up to the scrutiny of the public eye. <laughs> yeah. So like if you're on this, you're like, we're going to break up couples, but we're going to do it by like, uh, uh, like the example they give is like maybe uh, Christine is Catholic, but she find out she had an abortion earlier <laughs> in her life, and maybe that abortion was her husband Bill's, like yeah. or whatever the fuck. And it's like, all right, no one's making even Fox isn't making this terrible fucking yeah, show. But like, you, uh, you got to make it gross. I get, it. but also no one's making fucking nations either. Like yeah. <laughs> Jack makes some very valid points. I think in the next episode about where he's, why nations, about why nations gonna work. Like no one speaks the same fucking language. <laughs> it's not a show you can make. Uh, which is uh, genuinely made me laugh very hard. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> he's just like if there's one thing yeah, the American people love care about subtitles. It's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's the United Nations. <laughs> like we care what happens there. Yeah, terrible. Oh uh, so, so she wants to get that. She wants to make nations. He wants to make search and destroy. It's basically exactly the same as the Commedia dell'arte one, where it's like, which are we gonna try to make people smarter, or are we gonna pander to their basis instincts? Right. There is no in between. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you are dumb, you don't deserve. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so the, to do that, the, like she has a thing in her contract that says, like, you can't. I can turn down anything, and the only person that can overrule me is the. I don't even know who. Like, she's the president of the network. Yeah. But then J- Stephen Weber Jack is her boss, who's the chairman. But then there's somebody over them who's Ed Asner's character. Yeah. I don't. Uh, know. I, don't I, yeah, I don't know who where this hierarchy lands. Yeah. Uh, but there's... he's the only guy that can veto her. Yeah. So they have to go have this meeting, uh, which the meeting made me laugh because he had another fucking terrible ass Sorkin line where it's like Stephen Weber no no uh, Ed Asner has one this time where it's like if you're gonna let her cook you gotta (laughs) let her shop for the ingredients or whatever the fuck terrible you gotta let me buy groceries groceries. yeah he's so fucking stupid uh so he he backs her up and then there's a fight or whatever but that that's kind of secondary to the Christine Lottie Mm -hmm. storyline which is really what's happening uh and we find out like her Christian background and a really like she does the best like uh, uh, Sarah Paulson Harriet does the best she can with what she's given in For that sure. situation. She's really good. She at- ma- she makes this dumb story like not only believable but like kind of touching, and it does not deserve to be. Yeah, yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. So it's basically that she's like when she was a kid, like her mother got her into. Like Baptist Church or whatever. Yeah, she's from a big family that isn't religious. Her mom was the only religious one. She was close to her mom. Her mom ba- basically brought her into the church, and she became a Christian. Right, but then like during some like she's either getting like baptized or some such some ceremony that I don't know about because I'm a fucking heathen. <laughs> uh, 
she like forgets a line or something, so she starts ma- doing like an impression of some of like Lucille Ball or some some old timey comedian yeah, 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 that yeah, she yeah. likes that Aaron Sorkin wants us Just to know fucking about. give a shit about <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, and the 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 pastor starts laughing and they're like, oh, so you became a Christian and a comedian at the same time? Yeah, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so lame. Yeah, guess who wasn't a comedian? That six year old. She's a <laughs> child. She didn't become a comedian yet. It really fucking annoyed me. Uh, and then it more annoyed me. So she starts telling about like how she ended up at Studio Sixty, mm-hmm. which is like, and she's like, oh, your yeah. mother, your mother didn't fucking like like your mother was supportive. She's like, oh yeah, she like there's some line in the scripture about like making people laugh or who gives a fuck. Uh, so she's like, I was in the city. And I started going to the comedy clubs, which improv nerds don't. And then <laughs> she's like, went to the second city in Chicago and was sweeping floors. She went out to LA. She's like, I was interning with the Groundlings. And then I started to get a little stage time. And then Matt Albee showed up and said, I'm a staff writer on Studio 60 and you should audition. Fuck you, Aaron Sorkin. Comedy is not that fucking easy to break yeah. into. I well, get that this- she's talented, but you don't just go from getting a little stage time to being on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it's there's a there's a lot that happens between so, uh, inter- so f- groundlings intern <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Wiig and like and audi- just even being able to audition for Saturday yeah. Night Live. You don't you know how hard it is to get one of those fucking auditions. Well, and this comes up in the next episode too that it's just clear <sighs> that Aaron Sorkin. Has- I don't even no. want to fucking talk. We're going to get to that episode. Yeah. But motherfucker. Is that- oh, what am I mad? Like, he clearly has no idea what the path of comedy is. And, no like, clue. What it what it is to, like, actually work in comedy and not just make a TV show. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He yeah, clearly yeah, yeah, knows yeah. how people make TV shows because he's sure. TV shows. Sure. He, I... I can you imagine Aaron Sorkin hanging out at a comedy club? I, uh, I we get to imagine that in the next episode, and fucking sweet Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's it's such a it's a badly outlined like story, and the the she just uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, it just made me so you, angry. It's like you hit it. It just makes me so angry. This idea, it's so disrespectful. Yeah. To like the process of becoming a comedian and, and working to the point where you can like pay for your you know like you're making a living and actually doing comedy. Right. You've made it or whatever. Like Matthew you, Perry doesn't come just lift you up and. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Maybe he does. There are, at some point someone has to see you and give yeah. you the okay. If you're like trying to get on TV or whatever, someone sure. has to see you and be like, okay, I, I respect what you do. Let's go get you an audition or whatever. But that doesn't happen when you're a fucking intern at the Groundlings. You know why? Because you fucking stink when you're an intern at the Groundlings. Yeah. You got to get good first. <laughs> he skipped that whole. It, he has this idea that people are just pretty naturally good at a thing oh, for and sure. get scooped up because they're just like they just exist as that awesome entity at this thing. That's not how it works. You have to work at it and get good. I, I, oh, it makes me so angry. I feel like that is so how he conceives of everything in the world is that like. There are people who are just predeterminedly blessed with genius and talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those people need to be discovered and lifted up. Right. And that, like, working hard doesn't have to do with it. <laughs> doesn't factor and in. And collaboration doesn't have to do with it. And the fact that there are all these... Certainly not, because Matthew Perry's still writing the show fucking single-handedly. Right, no, there's exactly. No, no goddamn collaboration at all. It's He's clearly, like, a, and I was... A, so what I was going to say at the beginning, which I think is really interesting, and I kind of had a little bit of an epiphany watching these two episodes, where there's a theme in a lot of Sorkin's work where men do their best work when they're trying to impress a woman. Sure. And like that That's comes the up- whole part of the the whole point of this episode is that right. 100%. And that's the the whole emotional through line of social network is like yeah, the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just this idea that like that it, again it's just this genius and you just need to like you have an incentive to use it. It's Women, not yeah, work, yeah. and it's not nope. like it's genius and pussy. Genius <laughs> yeah. plus pussy equals success. It's yeah. literally as well. And it's like that is again. That's again another thing where I'm like, everyone should be insulted by this. Yeah, like, it's gross. Women and men should both be like. This is a stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, insulting to like the creative process. It's insulting to. It's just. It's icky. And yeah, so that's like. And there's a lot. There's some fucking icky shit in a couple of these episodes. Oh yeah. Uh, The next one particularly, (laughs) but. 
But yeah, so that's kind of like the revelation at the end is like that Matt Albee was not a star writer. Yeah, he was before. on the staff. Nobody knew his name. She keeps saying like yeah. uh, Christine Lies like nobody knew who you were until uh, Harriet got here and you both kind of broke and exploded at the same time. And right. He's like, I was I only got that good because I was trying to impress her. Right. Which but I, the one thing I do like about that, again, is it still allows for the fact that. Sarah Paulson's character is incredibly talented. Sure. Like she doesn't fucking need him. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, at yeah, least yeah, yeah. there's that that like for sure. she like it's not like she broke because he was writing great stuff, stuff for her. her. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. great and he wanted to impress her. Yeah, so yeah, at least yeah. they they still give her that like for sure. dignity which and is nice. and she genuinely is like she's doing Nancy Grace at one point yeah, in this episode and it's, it's funny. Like, it's a funny I, well <laughs> Her her Nancy Grace is funny. The sketch fucking stinks. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like they're trying sure. to find a cell phone or some bullshit. It's really and then fucking that. poor D.L. Hughley has to do that shitty Jamaican accent. Oh, it's God. so yeah, it's really <laughs> annoyingly bad. Uh, at one point, like he like he does like he's doing that. So you're watching them film it, and it's like the like a test like a test filming yeah. for the so sketch. So they're or moving all the sets moving stuff in around and, out and whatnot. And like oh, we're gonna have to put the thing on the left side of the green screen as opposed to the right, whatever. At one point, he looks like he delivers his line all shit. Like oh, we're gonna have to find this girl or whatever in a terrible accent. And then he looks down, and the gag is gonna be like he's looking at the the crawl on the bottom of the yeah. screen. But I didn't know that going. All I see is him like look down sad, and I really just have expected Dio Hooley to be like, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> like he just looked down. And I was like, again, I told you I can't do voices. Like that's really what <laughs> I was expecting. Uh, but but no. yeah, again, this is another example of like I just find the nitty gritty television production stuff interesting. Sure, where, like, them yeah. moving all the sets around <laughs> oh, while they're man. trying to pan is cool. I want more Timothy Busfield because yeah. he's my favorite character. He's like the best. he's just good. Like he's the most interesting when something like. Something's happening. Is this the episode with the electricity problem, I think? Or was that the previous? Yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's another, like, Sarah Paulson's Christian, get it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. like the electricity's going on and off, and there's candles everywhere, uh, and, like, somehow uh, Sarah Paulson can, like, make the electricity <laughs> just work by being Christian-y or something. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's goofy. <laughs> it's unclear. It's, it's not well written. Uh, fat guy gets a line. This is episode five, six, five. This is episode five. This is the first time since episode one. Fat guy's gotten Hooray! himself a line. Good for him. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> is that a, he's on camera, right? Oh when yeah, he gets for it sure. And, he yeah. doesn't actually have a line. Like he doesn't get to speak to anyone. Yeah, <laughs> like it definitely fails like the fat bestel test, yeah. <laughs> uh, which should be the bechamel test. By the way. <laughs> Nailed it! You Nailed it! You just coined that. Uh, I think I did. The bechamel test. I'm tweeting when this. When a fat character <laughs> yeah, gets to... Talk about a fatness with another fat... Oh, talk about a, uh, another... Talk uh, to another fat character that doesn't involve <laughs> food. Yeah. No, if, it's, if they get to talk to anyone about, like, not about how fat, fat they, they are. are. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the bechamel <laughs> test. I like it. Oh, I'm fucking proud of that one. Um, that's great. Yeah, that, that made me laugh. This podcast passes the bechamel test. Yeah, yeah, We're doing for sure. it. We're doing it right here. Good for us. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, by the way, also Sting is in this episode. Yeah. Oh man! So the musical guest this week is going to be Sting. And now they haven't shown a musical guest in the previous two. They've no. only. It's like we're up to episode five of the show, but there's only been two episodes of so, yeah. the actual show well, in the show. Yes. Yeah. 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 This is going to be the third one, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so they've had like the first like. Two, they've referenced the musical guest without showing it. Like uh, the white stripes got sick, and then the montage in the second, the, the, the second episode was like, "Give it up for uh, what's her name from No Doubt, Gwen Stefani." Gwen Stefani, yeah. But they don't show. It's the only part they don't show. Now Sting is there, and somehow they get they, like Sting is actually there. Oh, Sting is absolutely friends with Aaron Sorkin. Like that, that makes perfect I, sense. I don't know. They both sit around and talk about tantric sex. Yeah, disrespect like, women. I don't know that for a fact, but like, yeah, I buy it. They just seem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, have yeah. A, they have a lot in common. So Sting is there playing. Playing a lute, which <laughs> everyone which, is excited about. It. Everyone's really excited about seeing Sting, Sting with that playing a lute. Christine Lottie's like, "Excuse me, I have yeah, to go." Yeah, she does. She storms out in the middle of that interview to go see Sting play the fucking lute, and they're both standing there, like her and Sarah Paulson are like, and Sarah Paulson's like, "Oh, it's such a beautiful instrument." Uh, I don't give a fuck about the lute. No SNL will have Sting on for sure. But not if he's playing the fucking lute also, with some other bowl cut guy who's never mentioned <laughs> also playing a lute. Also, Ugh. not only 
does she say, oh, it's such a beautiful instrument. Then Christine Lottie <laughs> yeah, yeah, says, yeah, 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 yeah. Sting or the loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not yeah, only yeah. are people really excited about Sting, Sting is also fucking hot. In yeah, this yeah, 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 for people. sure. Sting in 2006 is a yeah, hip, yeah, yeah, relevant yeah, yeah. heartthrob. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that being said, at one point, so later on in the episode, uh, Matt Albee and Harriet are having this moment uh, while Sting is, while playing, Sting is playing, and like she kind of like there's like an almost kiss that happens, and I'm like, look, if you can't close the deal when <laughs> Sting is playing a lute <laughs> seven feet away from you, you're never getting laid again. Like you saw how fucking damp Sarah Paulson got when she was, saw that lute. She she didn't even see him. She when when it starts, she goes like she literally goes like. Oh, a loot. She doesn't mention Sting first. She mentions the loot first. And then so, and then fucking uh, uh, Christine Lyons is like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, Sting's over there playing the loot. She's very into that loot. Um, also, yeah. she says, you knocked my socks off. Oh, boy. Is this I, is this supposed to be like a like a thirties screwball comedy? Yeah, like yeah, why? yeah. The Howard Hawks bullshit. <laughs> uh, but this was the moment where I was like, "Oh, finally, they're going to give Suzanne the PA something to do." One from uh, yeah. Nurse Jackie, who I lo- I think she's great. Yeah. She was really she was on um, what's the show? New Girl mm-hmm. as a story arc. I thought she was really funny on that. Like I I genuinely like her. Uh, but the one thing to give her to do is to screw up, like yeah. just to be a goofy idiot woman, uh, <laughs> where she tells Sarah Paulson something that she shouldn't tell. And to be fair, the male characters, all, not Sarah Paulson, she tells Christine Lottie something that she shouldn't, some personal right. stuff. Right, and then she, she like confesses it to, to Nate, Nate Cordry, who's going to try and cover for her, but just makes it worse. Which I want more of them hanging out. Yeah, for sure. I would love. I want that little were... relationship. Yeah, for sure. Great. Uh, I, I feel like, and I might be crazy, but I feel like there's something there. Like he, I hope so. He like clearly, I think is trying to cover for her because he, he like yeah. it seemed to me that he liked they're her. at least like they have an existing relationship prior to this moment yeah, that yeah, is yeah. like that seems like an interesting thing to yeah, explore yeah, yeah. like but then she does a weird thing <laughs> in that moment where like he's like don't worry about it i'll take care of it and then like they're facing each other and she leans on yeah. her on <laughs> her she leans her hand, her chin on her fist like hmm like whatever and then she turns and walks away, but she doesn't take her she chin has, off yeah. of her fist. She turns. <laughs> so I, I want everybody at home to, to whatever you're doing, lean your arm like on a counter or something, and then put your put hand on, on, your, on, your, on your chin, put your chin on your fist, and then turn to the right <laughs> with the, don't move your head and just walk away like this. She walks <laughs> down in a hallway. It's so fucking weird. It's super weird. Yeah, it just it didn't it didn't make it, it almost it felt like she thought she was out of frame and yeah. she was just gonna be goofy for the people around her and didn't realize that it was actually being filmed. It's so strange. Um and then uh so he screws up like so he tries to cover her but makes it worse. Yeah. And then Dale Hughley shows up and he spills a bunch of beans on it because he doesn't realize he still has his mic on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh so all it's that real shit's real Robert Durst that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jinx. Um, yeah, so that's going on. And then we, like, so Amanda Peet gets the show. Jack's mad. Kind of the end of the episode. Like, it, and the episode ends with Sarah Paulson almost kissing Matthew Perry. Yeah. Or, or maybe he almost kisses her. Like, they, in the next episode, she says, I almost kissed him. Yeah. They're clearly uh, like it seems like there was kind of feeling something. Yeah. And, yeah. No, they both were, like, having a moment. And then... Afterwards, she's like, oh, that's, we shouldn't have moments like that. Cause <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> which brings us to the next episode, which I love, hate this oh. episode so oh. much. I don't even want to talk about the end until we get to it. Oh the, my God. The, the comedy club <laughs> sequence. I will get there. Okay. But let's, let's get there. Yeah. Um, it opens, and it, it, it's an interesting thing going on with the show where sometimes the episodes are like right after each other. Yeah. Like this episode takes place immediately following like the events of the previous episode. Like, yeah. like they abut each other. Like uh, it's the rap party for the episode that just filmed. And mm-hmm. they're having the rap party on set this time as opposed to by the beach like they did at yeah, the last one, know. which I don't know where that was. <laughs> uh, um, Amanda Pete, I wrote down that Amanda Pete is very charming. Uh, drunk Amanda Pete is very charming. Yeah. And then I wrote that drunk Stephen Weber looks like an SVU episode about rough sex gone wrong. 
Like, you are absolutely right. He sh- like she shows up, and she's like, "I've been celebrating because I did good or whatever." Yeah. And she's like really happy, and then he shows up, and he's like, "Let's do this." He's all drunk and aggressively like dragging that woman down the hallway. Yeah, he has like this lady on his arm that he's pulling down the hallway, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, they're like tarps on everything. everything. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, this guy is a monster. He's a mess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so they're gonna have this at uh, this party. Um, there's a couple of like, there's like three or four stories going on in this episode. Maybe yeah. three. So it's like. The, it's Stephen Weber and Amanda Peet's sort of stories is coming is wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Cordry's parents are there, <laughs> who yeah. I loved. <laughs> yeah, really. I genuinely enjoyed that <laughs> in the goofiest way. But there's like, first off, they struck me as just like uh, like the realistic version of Liz Lemon's parents from Thirty Rock. I can see uh, that, although, but unsupportive. Unsupportive, <laughs> but like try, like I think the mom's kind of trying. The dad's yeah. a little bit of a dick, but yeah. at one point, so like he's so their parents are coming. Uh, his parents are coming, and like Dale Hughes is like, "Oh, I'd love to meet him. Are they cool or whatever?" And she's like, "Oh, they don't even know what I do for a living." They say at one point, which I don't think that's true. Yeah, like he, you're just being shitty to people, people from the flyover states. Exactly. Like that's. I feel like this is where he this really is just has sorkin to put shitting his, on Iowa again. And but he has to put his money where his mouth is a little bit. Where like he at least throws them a little bit of a bone. Where it's like, okay, they don't know about comedy, but they're not like. Don't, like bad people, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does basically portray them as like as fucking culturally yokel. illiterate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. At one point, he's like, "This is where Abbott and Costello yeah. shot, or for the first time, did uh, who's on first And his parents were like, "I don't." Yeah, we don't. The, the line is, "Oh, we don't watch Comedy Central." That's the fucking line. <laughs> Ever, like, okay, I get what you're trying to do here, but fucking people know who's on first. Like, yeah. I feel like my parents would like if you just people just know people that. know they the might names. not know the bit, but they get it. They yeah. know. Oh, and that's know, that famous bit. They know the Who names Abbott and, and Costello, and they know it's like a fat guy and a skinny yeah, yeah. guy for and, sure. Like. Yeah, people old his parents. It's not like yeah. his little brother doesn't know it. Yeah, it's his parents. Yeah, <laughs> that that annoyed me, um, but it worked. Uh, I I enjoyed that story. So like he's here. The one thing I didn't get, I didn't like though, was like, does he also just give studio tours, right. even he though knows he's a cast everything member? Everything about this he delivers studio. it like it's a like, like a, tour. a tour. Like yeah. he's like as he's walking, he's like, and this is when the st- the theater got taken over by these people, and blah blah blah. He knows dates and everything. It's a little fucking much. Uh, I well to be fair, I feel like there are people who are like that about SNL. Sure, for <laughs> like, sure. And some of them are people who have worked for SNL. But yeah, uh, I guess I don't know. But, probably like, right. Fuck those people, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, fair enough. Uh, but at one point, even like Dale Hughes, he's like, "Hey, the man works for a living. Fucking stop being a dick." Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but even this storyline, they have to over. Like he can't just let this be a sort of subtle relationship between people that don't necessarily get each other but still love each right. other. Like he has to be at one point. Like he's like, being, "What do you mean you don't know who I am?" So he's all mad, and at that, and he's like, "I do this. I work here, or whatever." And it does, yeah. Well, your brother's in Iraq. Like yeah. he just yells he that, just screams Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. He can't just let it. Can it just be what it is? Like, right. There's no need. for It's this. clear that they're not super thrilled that he's a comedian. We right. don't need the brother standing in the middle of Afghanistan. <laughs> and then to, to that end, later on, when he's finished the tour or whatever, and he's putting them in the car, he has the mom has to be like, I know you brought your brother, you bought your brother's troops. Yeah. The body, the body armor. armor that they need. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well we found out which units need them. So we're like, we don't need that either. Like yeah. to make him less of a shit bag. This relationship is just fine of two parents that don't understand the thing their kids do. Like, right. it's fine. Which is so, like, a lot of people can relate to that. For sure. That at least in aspects of their lives, their parents don't necessarily get it. Like, you don't need this crazy, like, allegorical thing yeah. about... Unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I was still emotional when the dad, when he's like, Dad, uh, I love you, and even if you don't like it, I've learned everything I know from that you, or whatever sweet. the fuck. I was like, oh, goddamn. And he gives him the fucking Abbott and Costello 78 that he just happens to have. <laughs> Why he unwraps it to hand it to him, I don't understand. <laughs> I buy that that's a record. Like, yeah. he has a square thing in brown paper that he has to unwrap from the brown paper and then just hand him the record itself yeah and i'm like one you're gonna get that shit scratched you're just gonna bare like, it's just, hand yeah, yeah, yeah. you have the cover it's like. in the cover you uncovered it it really annoyed me um the other the, another storyline going on is that uh there's this old guy who's wandering around the back of the studio uh Jesus again another parallel christ another parallel to 30 rock he's essentially tim conway's character from 30 rock who was like an old writer it turns out this guy's like 
you think he's like kind of Alzheimer-y or whatever. You don't really know what's going yeah. on. The that security finds him. He's stolen a picture from the wall or yeah. whatever. Uh, Timothy Busfield takes a liking to him, kind of. He's like, we're going to figure out who you are and where you're going. Mm-hmm. It turns out he was like a writer on the show. But he only got one sketch on before he got blacklisted by yeah. some other writer or whatever no i think it was supposed to be referring to like the red scare yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he got blacklisted like he another writer okay, on yeah, staff like, turned, turned him in, into turned joe to mccarthy yeah. Yeah. and like he was blacklisted as in the communist yeah, red yeah. scare blacklisting okay. uh alzheimer's just works as like a, like immediately if you want to fucking pull on the heartstrings like yeah it's just a, a, a sad scared old man yeah you, I'm done. Like I'm, you got me. All right. Like, That's. I mean, uh, fucking Livia Soprano knew that. That's. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, yeah. it works. It's a shortcut. And sure. if you're a confused old person, like people are gonna listen to you. Yeah, They're gonna absolutely. Try to help you out. Uh, and the, and they do, and it's fine. Like that that, that storyline works fine. For me, I was just I I thought it was ridiculous because I feel like it's immediately fucking apparent what's going to happen. Sure. Like, as soon as... It's like, oh, he's an old writer. Like, yeah. I knew a writer fucking of course, right away. Wait, the fact that he took the picture off the right. wall is like, oh, I wonder if he's going to be in that fucking picture. Yeah, and then, I get it. And then it's like, don't send me back to... Tars, tars and Pars or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh, that's Sid Caesar's thing. It's like, okay, this is clearly an old comedy writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Let's just get clearly, like... All of this show is just like filleting comedy history. Yeah. That's clearly where we're going with this. And then the episode ends, and again, it's that fucking Sorkin thing of men only work to impress women, mm. where he's going through the he, picture yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like, This guy was really good at uh, physical comedy, mm. and this guy wrote political comedy, and this girl, we all had a crush on her. Come on. She couldn't just been good at a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't give her any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, yeah, and I she think... had legs that went all the way up. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's shitty. I think we were all working to impress her. And yeah, then it yeah, cuts yeah. to Sarah Paulson, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. Fucking ham. There's a lot of ham fisted <sighs> shit in this episode. Uh,. Uh, I love Lauren Graham. I just want to go ahead and say that. <laughs> she, uh, she's in this episode, and I think she's great. I'm a big she Gilmore Girls great. fan, and I think she's great. I really um, like her. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, it's another one of those things where it's like, okay, in this universe, like Lauren Graham is less famous than the people who are cast. Some of the people who are <laughs> cast on this show, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. just weird. Like Lauren Graham is the guest, host, guest, yeah. but like. Matthew Perry isn't is Matthew Perry a guy in this world? <laughs> it's like, gotta be. NBC exists, so Friends has to, yeah, I guess. Right? Like yeah, yeah. so does that mean Matt Albee is a fictional writer who just like looks it's a like lot Ma- like Matt Perry? Gotta be, okay. right? Gotta be. Sure. Uh, uh yeah. She's only just, she's in it for like two seconds. She introduces Sting and like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a little like interaction where she's like, Why'd you cut my sketch or whatever? Because yeah. you cut that terrible fucking like yeah. sketch about how uh Sarah Paulson doesn't have a baby and it's yeah. like just a jingle it's really shitty yeah. uh, but the, this is where it gets so fucking gross yeah I knew you'd have a lot to say about this part well I'm, well, I'm not even to... at the comedy club part yet yeah. <laughs> I'm at the other part which okay. is equally gross um, they, uh, Bradley Whitford is trying to get uh, Matthew Perry over Sarah Paulson essentially and he's like we're gonna have to like uh, you know he's like you gotta get past this I have some thoughts on this as well I'm assuming you would <laughs> Uh, so he's like, he brings it. He's like, I'm going to hook you up with some mod, like FHM yeah. cover girl or yeah. whatever. Some, he says. Some mod, uh, we're going to get you your sex idiot. Yeah. 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 Get past. And whoa, boy, howdy. Do they get him <laughs> a couple sex idiots? <laughs> he introduced. So he brings out to these three girls who, who are just like, maybe like maybe retarded like i know i'm not supposed to use that word one of them is named treasure one of them is named treasure <laughs> one of them he cannot cannot get a handle on what being a writer is yeah she's confused he's yeah. like oh i'm the head writer of the show he's like so what do you guys do and she's like oh I'm, he's like oh, we're the exec producers i'm head writer of the show uh and she's like so head right what does that mean and he's like oh well I, I i'm in charge of the writing staff we write the show she's like well what exactly does that mean yeah and she and, and it's two or three scenes of this yeah. where late, like it cuts to them later and he's like you know how movies aren't made up on the spot like he's <laughs> trying to get her to understand this and literally Bradley Whitford's like hey why don't you put your dick in one of these dumb whores yeah like it's so fucking gross it's gross and then that even on the face of it wouldn't necessarily have bothered me that much because like that's a thing people yeah, you have, sure. rebound sex is a thing sure uh People are disgusting. Sure. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but then, those fucking women. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. First of all, no one is that dumb. 
No, first no one exists. No, no one, no one can make it through life without walking in front of a bus. Yeah. if you're that stupid. Yeah, they're like really, they're they're. It's one thing to be like, okay, they're 19 year old girls, which is what they sure, are. Sure, which sure. is again, like, it'd be one thing if they were just 19 and stupid. But he basically is criticizing them for being more interested in the actors on the show than in the writers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, how dare these idiots not want to fuck me because I wrote this show. <laughs> and it's like, we get it, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like, sorry you can't get laid all the time with yeah, idiots. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. It's just so... They storm, they get excited because the baseball players there that, yeah. that Harriet's banging or and whatever. And we're supposed to be like, those are, they're so shallow. So they stormed <laughs> off to go see that gorgeous, famous athlete right. as opposed to schlubby ass Matthew right. Perry. Schlubby ass Matthew Perry. Bloated who, Matthew Perry. Who admittedly only wants to fuck you because yeah. you're dumb and hot. Yeah. Like, it's not like Matthew Perry is standing there with a fucking bouquet of flowers like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's not respecting them either. So, yeah. Like, it, that whole exchange is just super gross. Yeah. And it just really made me uncomfortable. It was just, I just love that he was so, like, we're supposed to be so judgy about how they don't want to fuck writers. Yeah. It's so silly. For sure. Uh, Amanda Pete has a storyline where she's she doesn't she's like, I don't have any she friends. Like friends. she just literally storms into that dressing room like, I don't have any friends. Yeah. Uh so she's trying to make friends. And I it, it's kind it's filler, like that storyline. It yeah. it leads to uh, so she's trying to get an autographed baseball from the baseball player, and she like meets the fat guy. <laughs> He's got to have to get a name one of these days, but I don't have it. Uh, and the and the a new cast member that can do Nicolas Cage, uh, and they're like, "Oh, we'll be friends." And they fucking go find baseballs or whatever for him to sign, and he signs and puts his phone number on it. Yeah. So and he's, Sarah like, Paulson finds out, out it is hurt, and and hurt or whatever. Yeah. But also, like, you've dated twice. Like you've been on two yeah. dates. Yeah. Maybe get, o- maybe get over it. Major yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a famous you're a fucking famous actress. actress. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. You literally in the previous episode, which is this is the party that she's bringing him to that they mentioned in the previous episode. She's like, we went to dinner once, and now I'm bringing him to the and show. And they kissed one time. That is the extent of their relationship. Yeah. Maybe calm down. Like yeah. he's not cheating on you. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like I. That's not necessarily scummy behavior at all like no, i mean it's it's weird it's a, little, it's a little weird just because of the like they work together or whatever also like but it's not the, that the trick of putting your number on something that you it's like you're, that's a little sleazy but He's like a sh- it's a it's a shitty move right but, but it worked on her, it worked on exactly so- <laughs> exactly uh yeah no so that that whole storyline's kind of just whatever jack melts down on fucking Bradley Whitford at one point about the Nations show, which I fucking love. It's like, a good, It's like... a good... Like, he's clearly <laughs> very... Like, he's playing drunk very well, and he's just, like, really overly loud for it's, no reason. You can tell... He's he's really great at it because he's doing that thing where he's, like, a little close. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little close, a little, a little too loud. Too loud. Yeah. He's not... But he's not, like, cartoonishly knocking things over or right. slurring. He's, he's just... clearly drunk and, yeah, like, yeah. got his blood up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way that's, like, very believable and not cartoony. Yeah, which I enjoyed. Um, but also very, like you, like you said... Like, like SVU episode, like he's just such he's a so creep. Creep, yeah, for sure. Um, and he yells, and he's like, "Yeah, fucking, because teenage boys love to read subtitles." He's yeah. like going on this list of why Nations is going to be a terrible show, which are all accurate. Yeah, like <laughs> very fair. Yeah. Uh, so now we come to oh sweet lord. <laughs> so early in the episode, Deal Hughley keeps mentioning that he wants to go down to the Improv to see this act he's been hearing about named. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, fake Bruce Bruce. Fake is his Bruce name. Bruce. Seems Willie Wills. His name is Willie Wills. Uh, <laughs> Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson. And, but here's where I also get mad. He goes, this guy, Willie Wilson. Or sometimes he goes by Willie Wheels. The fuck do you mean sometimes <laughs> he goes by? You either have your fucking stage name or you don't. You yeah. don't occasionally change up the name that you go by it's a on very stage. Bad career move. <laughs> it really doesn't. This is how little fucking Sorkin has any idea of how the comedy world works. Yeah, it would be like if, like, oh, you know, Robert De Niro. Sometimes he goes by Robbie Dennis. Like, no one does that. That's not a. It just really annoyed me. Uh, so he keeps. Try- so he goes to like Tom. He goes to Tom. He's like, "Hey, you want to come see this actor?" He's like, "Oh no, my parents are in town." And he goes to Matt Albee, Matthew Perry. And he's like, "Ah, I want to see this act. I want you to come with me." And they get into this debate about like, "There's not a single black writer on the writing staff." Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matthew Perry gets all butthurt because he's like, "I don't like that you think I need help to write for black people or whatever." Yeah. But yeah, maybe you do, Matthew yeah. Perry. Like also, like, f- <laughs> well, here's the thing: is like. 
First, you need to convince him that he needs another person <laughs> right. to yeah, help yeah, him write yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then maybe work on convincing him that that other person shouldn't be another the white, white guy, guy that looks like, like him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're six episodes in. What is that writing staff doing I'm this whole time? After like I, they got that ninety seconds, are they just playing video stolen. games? The rest of, yes. So what, the valuable lesson we learned is don't st- use a writing right staff. <laughs> like, Valid point. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they're just they were all fired. Like Ricky. And Ron yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll come. They don't back, show up in this episode. They're not in it. At they're all. not in this episode. Yeah. They're not allowed at the fucking after party. Apparently. <laughs> um so so he eventually he convinces Matthew Perry. There's like a very shitty scene of them like having an argument about like right, I want about- a black voice, and then Matthew Perry tells some shitty story about how he used to bartend at some <laughs> theater, and then when all the black people would come out, they'd line up at the black bartender, and he's like, I can bar, I can make a cavassier and diet coke as well as anybody. Yeah. Uh, and then fucking, and this is where I get mad. Deal. He, well, this is where I start to get mad. <laughs> I get much egg. And there's a part where my notes just become all caps locked. Uh, <laughs> Where he's like, uh, yeah, but and that's a joke you wouldn't make on air. Yeah, because it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, that's a shitty racist stereotype joke about black people like Gavassier. It shouldn't be on Saturday Night Live. Part, part of me is like, uh, wow, Aaron Sorkin's writing a defensive white guy really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's because he is one. Def- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, right. I figured out why he's doing that so, so dead on. Uh, oh, yeah, it's... Mm, yeah. Oh, it's... by the way, at one point, Tom yells at his mom, we don't do skits, mom. We do <laughs> sketches. And I wanted to throw him down a flight of stairs. Oh, he's like, the skits are what the football players do when they wear a dress to the pep rally. <laughs> In the 50s? Who's going to pep rally? What? Anyway, that's not really... Anyway, so... I did, I, I tweeted this, but I think it's very, like, if you're the type of comedian that calls non-comedians civilians, this is your favorite <laughs> You love this show, if you're one of those people. Exactly. Like, uh, so, you're like, finally, they're saying what I've wanted to say. <laughs> so they go. So Matthew Perry and uh, D.L. Hughley go to the Hollywood Improv to see Willie Wheels. Yeah. And it's it's hard. To, I get angry for a number of reasons. So Willie Wheels gets up and he's like, "Eh, I, I, he, he's a first words are a lot of white people in here tonight." Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, "I got another name. I call white people bitches." <laughs> yeah. What? And then the audience is like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, like, that's not. Uh, that's look, not even." Th- there is like the, there is shitty black is comedy. Happy urban comedy. It, uh, it doesn't exists. sound like that. It does not. <laughs> it is the least genuine. He had to watch one episode of Comic View and he would have it down pat. And but I, he writes just the grossest, shittiest. And I love thinking about him writing. Oh, because you know he's sitting down there, he's fucking down, mm, Oh my god, click clacking away on a fucking typewriter. And it looks like fucking Jim from Adventures of Huck Finn, like how it's written. Out. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. It's all. <laughs> misspelled and weird apostrophes yeah there's like an i-n apostrophe on yeah, every word yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. condescending uh, bad and it's but it's not bad in the way that like you say hacky urban comedy is bad right it's it's bad in the way white people want to make fun of hacky urban comedy yeah being bad it's so disingenuous and it, he's like it, it, that, just that line of like i call white people bitches and, and then the audience wouldn't laugh at that there's no punchline here yeah the improv is not putting this guy up you, yeah. as D.L. Hughley, as the star of Saturday Night Live, are not hearing about, I gotta go check <laughs> yeah. out Willie Wheels, <laughs> yeah. who's just a terrible open micer. Yeah. It's it's horrifically... And then he goes on to just do other shit. He's like, man, I know why black people love to make babies. I got so many kids, I don't remember their names. I'm gonna call the next one Oops, which yeah. is the closest thing to a joke in that entire run. Yeah. It is horrifically... And then, like, D.L. Hughley storms off. Well, also, first, he's like, I bet, uh, I bet this guy likes big butts. And it cuts to him talking about big butts. Yeah, and it's yeah, like... Yeah. Okay, yeah, but that's because you fucking wrote all this, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. You're like, you're complaining yeah. about how how like wrote this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're doing it in the way that like you wrote all of it that way. Like, you yeah. can't complain about it if you wrote it. It made me so angry. So, like, so he storms off, and then they're sitting at the bar. Oh my god. <laughs> and and. And then D.L. Hughley just starts explaining the plot to Boys in the Hood, I guess. <laughs> He 
he's literally, he's literally just like me and my friend were hanging out. He used to be in a gang. He said somehow he used to be in a gang, and then like one of his friends got shot, and he's like, we were standing right next to him, and it's like, it's not like in the movies. Everything inside of you comes outside of you, and he's he starts talking in a way that he hasn't spoken in the rest of the fucking right. run of the show. He's like really blacking it up. Yeah, uh, he went to Yale School of Drama. God, motherfucker. <laughs> so so he. Ooh, I'm maxing out these fucking mics. So he, so he he starts telling the story about how like his friend got shot. And he's like, and the next day, so so he's like, so the next day we start planning how we're gonna kill this guy. And I'm like, the guy who is so casual about murder, yeah, does not go to doesn't end up at Yale School of Drama. <laughs> at which point, the way the story and it's the most bullshit story in the world, where he says like. He's like, and then, you know, the guy I used to run with, Trey, or whatever shit fake <laughs> gang name is, uh, who was the leader of our clique, he told me, he's like, you're not coming. And I'm like, what? He's like, man, if you come, I'll kill you myself. And this fucking magical Negro moment that people think exists in gangs. Right. Guess what? It doesn't. He's like, get your ass in the car. He doesn't care about your future. He's the leader of a fucking gang, you asshole. <laughs> uh, so he makes him stay behind. Because I guess he's too talented. He's too to talented go. to go fuck it so I, he, I will say i was watching this thinking like man if i if i were black i would tell white people the story all the time like this 100 <laughs> it's the most fun thing in the world they don't know no. yeah yeah it just i like the the idea that like again like you said someone who could be this kind of cavalier about murder yeah yeah, yeah. Then- he literally says like we were playing we we're so the next day we start deciding how we're gonna kill this guy <laughs> like he just says it like that that in itself to me is like kind of fucking racist to think A that like bit. black people's psychology is so different from white people's psychology that that's not like sure doesn't make you a type like you that fucks you up forever yeah. you're like yeah he should not he would not be he would he wouldn't he would fail out immediately even if he got <laughs> even if he somehow managed to keep himself together he would not be able to have the social skills needed to exist right. in that environment or this one he's <laughs> it, it wouldn't work and then so he, yeah it's a he continues story. he could he finished the story and he's like so now like all those guys that they went and killed that guy now they're all in jail uh and i send trey the only thing i can send them every month he's like every month i send trey the only things i'm allowed to send them cigarettes and stamps (laughs) and i'm like for starters you can put money on his commissary man we've all listened to rap music we know how the prison works you can put money on his commissary you cheap fuck uh i've watched lock up i know how the world works i have no experience of people in prison i know there's more stuff you can do (laughs) yeah cigarettes cigarettes and and stamps i've like uh and he's like and if i can't if i don't go back and lift up every one of these brothers that i can then i deserve comedy then i deserve to go back in prison with them it is the grossest like it's all it it reaches the level of parody yeah. of like what a, a, a black drama or urban sort of gang drama would be. It's like a parody of that. Yeah. At which point you start to hear an act from the other room, which is just as bad as the what, first. Much act worse. Much worse. Much worse. In much a worse. very different way. It's much worse, it's and really I'll, I'll tell you why. Bad. Uh, so like, so Matthew Perry's like, hey, shush. And 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 DL Hughley starts trying to be funny. He's like, "Oh, what bitch? I'll bitch and bitch you up on bananas, bitch, or whatever, you white bitch." Uh, <laughs> but she absolutely says, "I'm not just kidding." Like that's a line. <laughs> and they hear another like a comic on stage. So they go into the other room, and there's this young black comic on stage, bombing, bombing. rightfully eating shit, rightfully so. The because one time he in the show where <laughs> the response of the fake audience is, is accurate to yeah, what's going on, yeah, yeah. because. <laughs> He doesn't have any jokes. Zero punchlines. There's no punchlines. He literally, he's like, he says something about like, you know, with slavery, he's like, I feel like I'd want us to be like, well respected as slaves. Like, we did a good job as slaves, but we did, like, I look at the pyramids he says something. About, I, you know, it's I look like, at the. He's like, he looks, I look at the could use geometry. He's like, I looked at. I look at the pyramids and like, you know, which were built by slaves. Which, by the way, they weren't. They've actually determined that recently <laughs> that they were built by union labor. Uh, really, that's a hundred percent true fact. That's they awesome. found. They found recently that the pyramids were built like they. They found like a cemetery or grave or whatever inside of the pyramids mm-hmm. that were the work like the people that worked and they were like well respected workers. They weren't slaves. Uh huh. So cool. just a crazy weird thing I just realized. <laughs> but anyway, so he's like, and he's like, they didn't tell us that they could use geometry. He's like, we got like a memo. 
uh, that said, uh, free at last, free at last. End of bit. That's the bit. There's yep. nothing else. It's, it's a, and he's like, uh, I didn't get the memo or whatever. Line. It's terrible. And then he's like, says some joke about being at the barbershop. And like the guy starts rolling a joint. And it smelled really good. And he's like, and I, I should have been thinking this guy's getting high on good weed, but he's got a scissor by my head. But all I was thinking was, how can he sell such good weed at reasonable prices? There's no punchlines in any of this. That, he eats- to me, is like textbook bad open mic joke where sure. it's like thousand percent the setup is an hour long full of irrelevant <laughs> information, information and no punchline and then yeah, yeah. like the weakest <laughs> yeah, yeah. little bit of a tag like, semblance yeah, yeah, yeah. Of a, like okay so where you like comedy 101 <laughs> the idea that you think is funny is that he has great weed and it's cheap. Deep. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even though weed is illegal, that's fun. Like it's yeah, yeah, funny yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. thinking about the free market or whatever. Right, right. Okay, that's where you start. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. doesn't end up. I took in a the bus pit. to the barbecue to, <laughs> yeah. to the to the uh, fucking barbershop. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Terrible. where you start writing that bit. It's not the finished product punchline, right? And. It's, and everyone hates it. Everyone hates it as should. well they should because it's terrible. It's terrible. The only people that don't hate it are the people who get it, who are fucking Matthew Perry and DL. And at one point, Matthew Perry's like, he just needs discipline. Like, he's just like saying this. Like, he sees the diamond in the rough it's that again, is this it's terrible. It's everyone, if you, you are either, he's like a, he's like a, creative genius like calvinist he's yeah, like yeah. Born it. you <laughs> yeah, either yeah, have yeah. it or you don't yeah. and we we need to find you and give you the tools oh and he's like so they go back to the like they, they go backstage to the the green room or whatever where this guy is at the improv uh they first of all giant green room by the way doing, nice couches yeah nice yeah. giant green room <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a green room they do not let a comic at an open mic go into by the way <laughs> not a fucking open mic you know when there's not an open mic at the hollywood improv <laughs> friday night at 10 o'clock yeah after willie wheels <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's not a fucking open mic he would pull he got booked off of that horse shit uh so he goes uh, and also, by the way, I want to address the fact, like, you get a little bit, before Willie Wheels goes up, there's a bit, like, you get two seconds of the host's act. Oh, okay. And he, he which is a terrible Jack Nicholson impression. Love it. Followed by, not a lot of Nicholson fans here tonight, huh? <laughs> All right, well, let's get your next act up. He just, apparently, he's, he watched, like, an episode of A&E Evening at the Improv in 1989, <laughs> and then, well, I know all I need to know about comedy. He's, uh, Aaron Sorkin is actively driving people away from comedy yeah, clubs yeah, yeah, yeah. with his I, there's, of there's, comedy There's clubs. few things I love more than when TV tries to tackle stand-up comedy. It's It's just great. my favorite thing in the world. There's an episode of Bones. I watch a fair amount of Bones. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I would I, love uh, to see Bones stand-up. Oh, man. Well, Bones doesn't do stand-up. Well, Okay, so I, I figured. So but. they find they find a dead like every episode of Bones starts with they find a fucking badly decomposed corpse. Sure, they got to figure out what happened. Using this the bones. this particular exactly <laughs> exactly uh, this particular corpse has an arrow through its head. But then it turns out it's just oh a Steve Martin <laughs> fucking I fake arrow me. through the head, and they're like, that guy must be a comedian. <laughs> So that's how they know. So they go track him down to the comedy club. Oh my god! And then like the poster is there uh, with his fucking stupid thing on, and like he's like part Gallagher, part whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, I like the Gallagher diss in this episode. Yeah. He's like, you're like bomb worst name I've ever seen. Gallagher, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Great. Uh, anyway. So 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 uh, they go to the comedy club and they tell everyone there he's dead. I'll, 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 this doesn't turn into a Bones podcast, but I have to just say this. So he's like. They're like, oh, Steven, whatever, is dead. And they're like, what? He's dead? Who's going to do the Friday 8 o'clock spot now? As if comedy clubs book one act every Friday at 8 o'clock. It never changes. Uh, and also that there's no one else who can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no other comics. But we'll have to move up. Whatever. And they're like, they literally are like, we'll have to move up somebody who's like just a Bruce Bruce fat black guy in a nine-button <laughs> nine suit. Uh, the, the premise of the show is that somebody murdered him because like, they think he, they murdered him because they stole jokes. Ah. Uh, they track it down to like, oh, he didn't steal that joke. I wrote that joke for him. Made 50 bucks plus a piece of the back end. <laughs> oh, my God. It's my favorite thing in the world. That's the amazing. back end on a joke. <laughs> the back end. Anyway, so, so we got a, a, we're fucking going off the rails. So he goes, they go backstage. They meet this guy who I don't even know if they say his name. Who gives a shit? I don't think they do. Uh, we'll find out because they're like, 
you really fucking stunk it up up there, kid. That was terrible. You hired. Yeah. That's the, the progression of the speech. <laughs> uh, he's like, they're like, he's, they're like, you really stunk. And he's like, yeah, I, I know I bombed. I don't have to like, you don't have to tell me that. And he, they're like, was that your first time? And he's like, no, it was my last time. And they'll like, excuse <laughs> me, I got to catch the bus. And they're like, oh, you're not going home. You're hired. You're a staff writer now on fucking Studio 60. Come back with us. You'll meet some, some people. And deal. he's like, you learn from him, and I'm going to carry you, and fucking we <laughs> shall overcome comedy or whatever the fuck. <laughs> fuck you, Aaron Sorkin, for thinking twice now that that's how people get on fucking Studio 60 or yeah. SNL, as it would be, yeah. which is a white guy shows up in the room and carries you to the motherland. Rescues you, yeah. Uh, Fuck you for thinking that, like, you can take an act that is terrible and he'll learn on the job? Yeah. If that's what you think? Like, <laughs> he has other writers on this show. Yeah. Did he find them at, sh- like, a coffee shop typing on a laptop and he was like, oh, that looks terrible. No, Come with me. Yeah, like, no wonder he never uses what they write. If he <laughs> found all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, all homeless people. You know people. you're hiring this guy who you just said can't write jokes to write jokes for yeah, you. That's made, his job that you just hired him at. made me so angry. <laughs> uh, also, like, I just, I also feel like the... The juxtaposition of those two acts is like because they were both terrible. They're both terrible. They're both really fucking bad. I'll say this: at least Willie Wheels got a couple fucking laughs out right? of his acts. It was terrible, and they were fucking. It was hack bullshit. But at least he got a couple laughs. That's what I was gonna say. Is like I feel like this whole thing is just shit. Like it's just Aaron Sorkin shitting on urban comedy yeah. as a genre. 100%. Like because like there are people who are really fucking funny doing jokes about black people and white people. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Do that For and sure. it can be great. And Aaron Sorkin clearly doesn't consider that yeah, art or anything. Like, because yeah, sure. they're not talking about like the real shit, like yeah, the house yeah. slavery, the, the pyramid. Yeah, like what? And it's yeah, just so, and, and, and also I love the idea that his idea of what the real shit is that a young black person would talk about right. is just slavery and barbershops. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He, he couldn't. Slavery he, and he couldn't and weed. be. Which, by the way, the name of my new album, Slavery and Barbershops, coming out. Stand up records. Uh, he literally, like, he couldn't. That kid couldn't be talking about a, a relationship joke no. or going to school. Any number of things. My job sucks. Any number of things that any standard open micer. Right. Which he's. By the way, I'm insistent he's not supposed to be a fucking open micer, <laughs> even though he is. Uh, could possibly talk about. He literally can only talk about slavery right. and weed and, also, and the bar. He keeps saying, and I feel like this is, again, just Sorkin being like, some black comedy is good and yeah, some yeah, black yeah, comedy yeah. is bad, is he keeps being like, I'm not like other people. I don't think like, like other yeah, people. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. like, well, you're only doing like these pretty well-trod, you're doing very well-trod you're territory. You're doing shitty, hacky, open mic yeah. jokes just like the other guy is. He just at least has the decency to perform them well. Exactly. It's the He's only fucking difference. selling them. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. He's I, committed I wanna... to his joke. You're fucking <sighs> half-assing it. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I've, I feel like there is a school of people who actually do comedy mm. who feel like performing a joke is cheating. True. And it, like, really fucking bothers me. And just, so, to see that idea, like, legitimized on a TV yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, ugh, this is so fucking annoying. But, yeah, but it's just more proof of how he has no idea what he's talking about yeah. at all. God damn Whatsoever. It. And yeah, it's just this episode is it's very shitty about women. It's, it's very shitty about black people. That being said, <laughs> I it was the most fun I had watching. I feel like this episode is Willie Wheels' act, which is yeah, it stinks, <laughs> but I had a really good time watching it. I, I don't know how to explain to people because I've talked to a couple people about the show, like in the last few days when I've been watching it, which by the way, I said before we started, I realized I've said to a bunch of people, I've been trying to talk about how good Sarah Paulson is, and I've called her Patricia Clarkson all weekend <laughs> to like nine people. Sure. Uh, shout out by to Joe Mendoza, who did not correct me. <laughs> Fuck you. Also, Patricia Clarkson's great, so you were right. <laughs> She's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, because they're like, what do you think of it? And I'm like, ah, I really like watching it, and it's so bad. Yeah. Like, I, it's kind of what it is, where it's like, I am hooked. Like I'm, yeah. I'm down. This I is my kind of horseshit. But it's horseshit. Yeah. It's just my kind of horseshit. I think um, I did. I like searched on Twitter to see if like anybody I follow had like said anything about it on Twitter. Yeah. And and Joe Mandy tweeted something about how like I'm really glad 
like my journalist friends can watch hate watch the newsroom like I hate watch Studio Sixty. <laughs> like it's it's like it's you're right. It's like it's our horseshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which exactly. is nice. Which is a perfect place to end. This is a long episode, but it was I think very good. Uh, <laughs> anything to plug? Even though we just plugged um, uh, August something. Your headlining homegrown? headlining homegrown August twelfth. Uh, Master Pancake Twister at the beginning of August if it comes out in time to yeah, do that. Yeah, it will. It will. Um, I hope. And I'm doing sure thing at some point. <laughs> Heard. Uh, I'm go, great at plugging. Go to my website. All my dates are up there. Got a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, I will again plug Canada, Oddblock Comedy Fest, Manitoba, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm excited for that. Uh, you know the stuff with Facebook and Twitter. See you next week. 